And in the stress list this morning in studio, we've got Jill Casebolt. She's with OSU Cascades. She's a mental health therapist and counselor. And Jill, good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for being in today. Appreciate that. Um, okay, first of all, you're at OSU Cascades. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Um, I came to Bend about two years ago when OSU Cascades was able to hire on a second mental health counselor. And um, I have family living in the area, so I was happy to relocate. I'm originally from Olympia, Washington, where I lived and worked for many years in private practice and nonprofit management. Um, I'm a mental health counselor with a focus in uh, trauma treatment and ecotherapy. So this and now you are basically solely uh, uh, dealing with OSU Cascade students, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about this because the the idea being that we've come out of COVID. We've never been in anything like that before. The world has never seen Mm -hmm. that kind of a shutdown before. And you're dealing with people, you uh, make a good point, who are at a specific age where they were just developing their social skills and interactions as adults and things like that. Right. What kind of effects have you seen on that age group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When we think about the developmental stages that a person goes through in order to develop their personality, social connections, it typically involves doing some exploration and some experimentation. Uh, So going to a school dance, going, you know, out for a date, out with friends. These are the kinds of, you know, social experiences we typically have in high school. And what we're seeing is that students who um, are at Cascades um, as students now didn't have the opportunities to do that kind of exploration during lockdown. Um, And the result is that the skills and tools that we develop during those times uh, really weren't developed. And so there can be some fear about engaging socially with other people. Yeah. How does the the lack of development manifest itself? Mm -hmm. So uh, people often report feeling afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. Um, There is a diagnosis, although we don't typically diagnose in our clinic, um, social anxiety disorder, which is really the fear of being judged, the fear of not belonging, or the fear of saying or doing something that won't be considered acceptable by other people. That's not normal? Well, it is normal to an extent, but it can become really destabilizing and impact a person's ability to engage. You know, people may avoid social contact or experience acute anxiety in their body if they're in a social situation in which they're not sure they're going to be accepted. And what physical manifestations are there? Yeah, so we are hardwired for connection and belonging. So just like if you were being chased by a tiger, people are generally familiar with that kind of anxiety. Your heart, you know, speeds up, your muscles get ready to fight or flight. The same thing happens in the body of a person who is experiencing social anxiety because the threat is perceived in the same way in the psyche and so we have you know systems that try to protect us but it's really uncomfortable and it doesn't make sense to people because they think oh i'm just showing up to class or i'm just you know showing up to a group i shouldn't be feeling this way so there can actually be 
a second impact of people judging themselves for having the reaction that they do. Sure. Hey, what's wrong with you, stupid? You've been doing this all your life, and now all of a sudden you're uncomfortable in the setting? Exactly. When it when it comes to um, the, the people in this age, I mean, it used to be, well, for me, and, and just I have no education in this, but I'm just thinking that in a crowd of 100 people, you're going to have some people in that crowd who have some social anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Just to, to a regular extent. But now you get a crowd of 100 people together, and all of us have been through this deal. And if you get 100 students together, all the same age group, they're all battling this disorder at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, to some extent. I mean, some folks, I think, are more flexible than others in terms of um, social skill. But yes, I think we all took a step back from our normal functioning and what made sense to us, what was a typical interaction. And I think maybe our thresholds in general have become much shorter for uh, discomfort because we're unpracticed. And then, you know, you think of... uh, young people who hasn't haven't had the opportunities to develop just life experience to know that you know even if i have an awkward moment with a group of people i can probably recover for them it can be far scarier Mm. we're talking to dr well not dr jill casebolt who's a counselor at the student wellness office at osu university cascades what sort of practices or treatments or help do you offer specifically at the college for students? Sure. Um, So last year, we had an important moment of realization that the typical uh, treatments that we offer for social anxiety weren't attractive and weren't working for students. So, uh, you know, meeting in a group, meeting for individual counseling can go only so far. And um, what we learned was that students were most interested in low barrier, kind of low intensity activities. Such as? Such as, um, so I want to give credit to uh, one of our interns last year, Mary-Kate Sperduto, who's now one of our full-time counselors who helped us transition from a social skills group, which was challenging for students to attend, to just having an hour for coffee and visiting. So in fact, at nine o'clock this morning, um, every Thursday morning, we host an hour of coffee and pastries, we ask a silly question, and we just facilitate conversation so that everyone, students, staff, faculty, have the ability to practice these social skills and connect with others. I've heard things uh, I'm do, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of animals, you know, yes. puppy dogs. Yes. Do they, we bring those into settings like this, do they actually help? Absolutely. We have a program called Wags for Wellness. We bring therapy dogs in once a month um, and they meet with students. And um, something I think that is just so compelling about using animals um, for therapy is that we know in the human body that you experience uh, a reduction in muscle tension, you uh, get some relaxation hormones, but the same thing happens for dogs. So when we're petting them, they are also <laughs> relaxing. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. It's, 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 and I think my dog owes me some rent. <laughs> I think it'd be a good idea. Um, 
the these activities uh, that you do uh, could they be extended out into the general public? Could folks at home maybe try these same things? Absolutely, I think. Um, one of the challenges when a person is experiencing social anxiety or even just some social awkwardness is really just getting out there and doing that in sort of small steps is important. So if it's attending a talk at the library, if it's going to a yoga class, if it's joining a hiking group, you know, deciding how much feels uh, tolerable, but really taking the chance to get out there and be known and meet other people uses these skills. What if I'm somebody who wants to help a friend get through this? How do I approach it? Yeah, so I think talking to your friend about what their goals are is important. We don't want to force anyone past their point of comfort. That can actually have the opposite effect we're hoping for. It can create more fear. Um, but again, taking those small steps, so identifying with your friend what it is they want to be able to do or what they're interested in, and then maybe offering your presence to go with them maybe for the first time, the first few times, um, helping them just have experiences in the community that feel safe to them. Email, phone calls, and Zoom are nice, but... But as we were talking about being in person, we communicate so much non-verbally. And when we share space with other people, we are also helping our psyches and our nervous systems know that we can be safe um, and that we can have successful interactions. Jill Casebolt, licensed mental health therapist and counselor at OSU Cascades. And they offer services, health service referrals to medical providers, health insurance assistance, counseling services, emotional, social, psychological well-being of students. That's what you're all about. That's right. Free services offered to students at OSU Cascades. Jill, thank you so much. I hope we get to talk again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.